Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. On today's show, we're hanging out with comedian superstar Ronnie Chang as he talks about his role in the movie Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings. My name is Justin Hamilton, and this is going to take your brand to a whole new level here on Big Squid. Welcome to today's podcast where I catch up with the wonderful Ronnie Chang and talk about his role in the new Marvel movie, but also a little bit about his career and what he's learned along the way. Uh, What a treat. What an absolute treat to catch up with Ronnie. I met him, gosh, it must be like, it's well over 10 years ago, and it has just been really lovely to see him not only succeed at his craft but also just see the man he's grown into today like it's hard to describe and it can sometimes sound a little bit patronizing so I don't mean it in that way but he is essentially at his core this the same great kid I met now as a man and you know it's so exciting to see him do really well overseas and just be kicking goals left right and center and you know I think one of the privileges of growing older is, and by the way, you have to take the time to look beyond yourself to appreciate this, but you can see all sorts of people growing and I I guess, uh, you know, becoming fully realized versions of themselves all the time. So you you don't see it when it's happening to you. You don't necessarily see it with your peers, but uh, once you have enough experience, uh, you you can see it happening to other people, and it's uh, it's, it's incredibly exciting. Look, to be honest, sometimes it can be a little bit disappointing because not everyone turns into a great person, but uh, with the people that are lovely, it's uh, it's a a really nice privilege, and, uh, you know, just seeing... uh, Ronnie continue to be one of the good guys in our industry feels like a win. Uh, Before we bring 
Ronnie, in a few quick things for you to keep in mind, this podcast you're listening to doesn't contain spoilers for Shang-Chi. We will talk about some of the actors in the movie. Uh, we may talk about a scene or two, but you don't have to worry. They're from early in the movie, so it doesn't give anything away. If you don't want to even know that stuff, then maybe tread carefully or wait until you've seen the movie, but it is spoiler-free, so you'll be fine. Tomorrow, I'll release a new podcast with Alexi Toliopoulos. We will discuss the whole film. It will be spoilers ahoy, so... I'm just warning you now, uh, maybe if you haven't seen the film or you're about to see it, download and wait and then check it out. But if you're on the fence and you want to hear us talk about it, uh, then maybe it'll be a good one for you to listen to because, you know, spoiler alert now, Alexia and I had a really good time. So, you know, maybe it'll push you over the line. Uh, The other thing is that we've set up a Patreon finally. I know, you kept asking, I kept pushing back, and now it's finally happening. So depending on which tier you sign up to, you'll be able to get your hands on scripts for the shows, uh, specials that you can contribute to. Uh, As an example, Rove and I have recorded a special Q&A podcast that was completely shaped by subscribers' questions. And we have more plans coming up. Big plans. So if you'd like to join us, head over to Patreon, Justin Hamilton uh, dash Big Squid, and you'll be able to find us over there. Uh, Part of the deal is that each new Patreon will get an episode dedicated to them. And today's episode goes out to Rachel Blair, one of the first two people who signed up. Rachel has been a regular contributor to our private Facebook page and has been one of the staunch supporters of this podcast. And look, I said this about our first Patreon sign up, which was Sean. Uh, Between Rachel and Sean, if they hadn't signed up so quickly, this season was going to start. Like, I think my plan was like the last week of October, maybe even the first week of November. But because they were so enthusiastic, because they threw their lot in so quickly, it inspired me to get this baby rolling. So, if you're wrapped that you're getting three episodes this week, you got to thank Rachel. And I'll thank Rachel for signing up to the Patreon. Okay, enough of that stuff. Let's get to the utterly delightful Ronnie Chang. So good to see you, Ronnie. Uh, And congratulations on Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, First of all, I have to say to you, the world building in this film is it's up there with for me Black Panther it is such a beautifully realized film and I just wondered like when did you kind of have a feeling it was going to be of this level of quality uh thank you and thanks for watching it thanks for having me on and really good to see you again I haven't yeah. seen you so long um <laughs> yeah uh I, I it's very awkward for me to talk about how good it is because yeah comes off as a little bit conceited so uh, i'll try to keep it uh more objective um uh, I'm, I'm glad you really liked it i'm glad you <laughs> thought the world, world building was cool um i think with uh this kind of goes what the question you just asked me goes into um uh show business and storytelling uh, yeah. a part of the industry which is that when you're part of a bigger project um it, it's very hard to know how it will turn out 
Because yeah. mo- most normal humans don't understand the number of things that have to go right for something to be good, you know? And, and yeah. it, you know, you, you need a good script. You need good actors. You need good director. You need good production designer, crew, stunt people. You need good editors yeah. you need to, in, in the, in the post-production. And then let's say, and not, I mean, not to mention the rest of the crew, right? That I'm not naming. And then, uh, and good producers who know how to make good decisions. So all those things need to, need to fall into place. And then even if all those things fall into place, the marketing needs to be good. Right. If the yes. marketing doesn't come through, you know, the whole thing kind of, it, 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 no one watches it. And then becomes, if you're lucky, it becomes a cult classic that right. gains a following. If you're not lucky, no one, it kind of gets buried in all the content we have these days, you know? So, um, to answer your question about when did you know, like you, you, you never really know, right? You just get a feeling on set. You get a feeling that, oh, you're part of something really special. Sometimes you, you, you catch some of the, what you just shot. You get yep. to see some of it. You're like, oh man, that looks really cool. You know, or you see some magic, magic on the day, whether you're lucky to be part of the magic or maybe you saw someone else doing the magic, you yeah. feel magic on the day. You're like, oh, that's cool. But until you know, you never know how it's going to be received. You never know how it's going to be put together, especially me. I'm just a small role in it, right? So I, I don't have nearly the scope of like, let's say, Kevin Feige who's seeing yeah. the and everything. So yeah, so um, to answer your question, you, you never really know. You just get hints. You get hints from the script. You get hints right. from the people you're working with, right? You see, you can see the magic on the day, yeah. So I'm guessing it's the uh, when you're watching it for the first time and the final after credit scene ends, you go, yep, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me, yeah, me, of yeah. course, me. I, 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 I mean, I was excited to be part of it, and I, to be honest, the only the first time I saw, uh, the first time I saw it was in the at the premiere. I didn't see, yeah. I didn't see anything much. I did some, I did some ADR, which is um, when you're in post production and you have to um, uh, basically record audio that they put into the movie. And yeah. so when I was doing ADR, I could see some of the scenes that I was in, but I never saw all of it or much i didn't even see all my scenes you know i didn't see the whole movie so the first time i saw it was in theaters and i was like oh this is cool you know it, it's cool it felt exciting i felt yeah elated yeah it was and and obviously i'm biased so i you know whatever like i was like oh i think it's cool everyone here seems to think it's cool you know i hope other people also think it's cool and yeah Mate, it was the first time I'd been to the cinema in like about three months and uh, Alexia and I had a guy on who was kind of to our left and behind us who laughed at every line like it was the best moment of his life and it was intoxicating because, you know, I've watched a lot of movies by myself for all these weeks. So to have someone, oh, he's having a good time, Alexi's having a good time, that person's having a good time, I'm having a good time. What a nice experience. What a nice experience. And I, I yeah. honestly hope like even before the pandemic or even even before Netflix, you know, the, I think the cinema, I think we kind of took it for granted a bit. Yeah. You know, even be, even before Netflix, we were like, ah, movies, whatever. Let's watch yeah. at home. We can be in our underwear and eat whatever we want. Yeah. And then I think, I think kind of maybe it's like this hipster, nostalgic kind of post-modern right reaction to yeah. all the streaming services is almost like let's go back into cinemas it's cool yeah. it's like it's so old school like uh hip and then when you're there like oh this is actually fun with other people yeah. in a big screen and you're out of the house and and you know just like stand-up comedy right like i always feel like when people put something into it they get more out of it 
right. as opposed to like just on demand, on demand, on yeah. demand. So when you put time and energy into it, meaning you leave the house and all that that entails, parking and maybe a babysitter or whatever, and then yeah. you, you you physically use your energy to enter a cinema and pay money and you're sitting there and like you, you invest energy into it and you get more out of the experience, right? Because yeah. you're invested just like stand-up is like that's yeah. why free that's why free tickets for stand-up is always like the death of comedy right you no know, it's it's just that power dynamic just changes a bit and and it, it sounds like a, a, a trick but it's part of the experience right so yeah. if you have a good movie yeah it's part of the experience maybe cinema is going to be the new vinyl record collector i think thing. so yeah i think so, <laughs> I'm, I think so. I'm up yeah. for that you know one of the yeah. things that is great about the film is that it's really funny but it's also it's not funny like guardians of the galaxy it's not funny like a thor movie it's not funny even quite like a normal avengers film there's something uh uh, it, it's it's a little bit uh, gentler. And sometimes when you say gentle, that can be misconceived as uh, a negative. Yeah. But there, there's something very gentle about the comedy, but the comedy is consistent all the way through. Was that was that written on the page or was that something that the actors brought in their performance or maybe a bit of both? Yeah, a bit of both. I think it was definitely in the pages. Uh, I think... Uh, Comedy is a big part of the Marvel formula. Yeah. Um, as I just, I mean, I'm not even saying this as like an insider, just as a fan, just yeah. like you watching all the Marvel movies. You're like, oh, they figured something out, right? They figured yeah. out some some mixture of comedy in that equation makes it hit. Um, and that's why I think Marvel is a brand that people trust, right? Because yeah. they have a track history of building these things, and and even though. Um, they built so many superhero movies. Um, I have to say that I honestly feel not just because I'm uh, I have a small role in one, but every movie still feels pretty unique, and they have a backbone. So there's like yeah. a theme, right, for each for each movie. Um, and and so even though every movie kind of feels unique, you know, I think the I don't want to give away what the theme is for this movie, but it's right. it's something to do with family and displacement. Yeah. And yeah. I think that what you're referring to in terms of the humor, I think it has to go back to the unique subject material in this, which is that this is kind of dealing with um, an immigrant uh, superhero that's uh, displaced yeah. in America. And so yeah. because of that, like the style of comedy is actually – you can't be do the same jokes that Captain America does right. because the – the, the 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 subject matter and where you're coming from as the characters are different. You know, if you really want to get really nerdy and analyze yeah. the comedy, which is what this podcast I think is about. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like um, it, it's just like uh, on on the Daily Show. Like, um, so one of the one of the uh, go to moves in Daily Show correspondent comedy was always self deprecation. Right. It was like self-deprecating, self-deprecating. You know, Steve Carell was self-deprecating. Colbert would be self-deprecating. When, 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 when I joined the show, we, <laughs> we also would do self-deprecation. But like when you're like an Asian immigrant in America, the self-deprecation hits differently because it's right. almost like it's almost like you're 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 like playing to what white people think. Asian right. people or Chinese people are yep. on TV, which is like self-deprecatingly, you know, it hit it self-deprecatingly um, uh, submissive, which yep. you're, you're, you're technically doing the same self-deprecation that the white correspondents were doing, but it just hits differently. It says, yeah. it says something else. And so I bring all this up just as an example of like, that's why 
to your point, you know, I think the comedy hits differently because you can't play the same beats that Guardians of the Galaxy were playing, you know, because these weren't aliens in a, you know, in a, another galaxy. This was like a, a Chinese character in America who was, uh, he's essentially a introverted person trying yeah. to hide from the world and, and, and feeling not just displaced, but, you know, he doesn't have power in, in this society. Yeah. He's escaping from it. He's a minority in American society. So, to have the same comedic angle, whether it's high status doesn't doesn't work for him. Whether it's you know um, self deprecating, it doesn't you know. Obviously, there's some de- self deprecation, but I'm just saying it it, it hits different to um, a, a, a character who is more in control, more in power. For example, um, uh, Black Panther, who is yeah. He's he's the king. He's, he's the prince. Even though yeah, he's, he's regal. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. So it hits differently. So I think that's that's I think that's kind of what you were feeling in it. You know, if I if we were to speak generally about it, which is tough for comedy to speak generally about. Things, oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's uh, you know, even the first time you meet Shang Chi, you know, like the from the without giving anything away from the first point where he kind of wakes up to his to where he goes in his job and it's it's a it's a really funny moment but it's a real yeah. oh yeah this is where this guy is but right. also there's a contentment and like a peacefulness within the character in his everyday life with the people that he mixes with you know even when he's mm. out to dinner and stuff like that and i mm-hmm. uh uh Louv, my god like he's so damn likable like from the first scene yeah, you're great. just like what what a dreamboat yeah. I, I loved him yeah, he's great, and um, uh, they cast like, you know, uh, uh, Aquafina and Simu are both. They've got serious comedy chops. Yeah, you know, they come from like Simu literally sitcom, and I've seen him live. Yeah, like he um, he hosted a, a, a awards ceremony where he wrote his own jokes and he sang. And, like he's got right. co- comedy chops, you know. And Aquafina obviously have comedy chops, oh. but. But Far they, out, Aquafina, like as Katie yeah, is, yeah. she is spectacular in the film. Yeah, but they played it. Um, they didn't go max comedy, right? So yeah. it's interesting that they chose people with comedic chops to be in the main roles, and I think that goes back to what you're saying earlier about about the um, the gentleness of the comedy. It's just inherently there because these guys are, you know. They have it in their bones, you know. Yeah, and I they love the that there's not a um, there's not a kind of romantic interest, you know. Right. I like that they're friends. It it was just such a breath of fresh air. But there was still moments like when Katie sees Shang Chi with his shirt off for the first time. There's still a moment where she goes, "What just right. happened?" Yeah, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> so, funny. I, yeah, and also Simu is um, like it's pretty funny how like he's he was he's just naturally as a person he's ripped right he's ripped, like he, <laughs> yeah. like that that's not the marvel workout if anything that's you know that's like uh, like the marvel workout didn't i don't know if it did anything for him because it <laughs> right. was he's already he was already ripped yeah he's naturally just genetically looks like that that's, yeah, so. <laughs> must, must be a burden, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, take what you want, take what you uh, you know want from that. But he was uh, he's just naturally ripped. Yeah. <laughs> had, had had you ever read the uh, the Shang Chi comic when you were younger? Uh, no, no. But I, I was aware of it, but I never yeah. I, I never read it. And and I think that actually uh, I, I actually liked when they did it because. 
you know, a lot of these characters, we've heard their stories so many times. Like Spider-Man is like a yep. literally the legendary origin story, you know, um, even even Captain America and Iron Man. So I, I, I genuinely like like, oh, man, they found an Asian character yeah. that has heritage. There yep. is heritage, right? So it's connected. Yeah. It, it, it's not just they did just pull it out of their butts to yeah. make an Asian character. Like it, it's got heritage, but you can put anything you want into that character. Right, you yes. can literally because it's so it's so open to interpretation, you know. Because yeah. because there's no it's not it's not in pop culture, so you don't have the burden of uh, the canon. Yes. On it. Yeah, and, but it also has a wonderful history as well. Like it's a, the Steve Englehart, Jim Starlin stuff that started it off, and the, when Paul Galacy comes on as an artist, it's some breathtaking stuff. But it was also it was also one of the harder titles to find when uh, yeah. when I was younger, you know. Uh, so being able to bring it to the uh, to the big screen, as you said, and not be encumbered by. You know, someone coming up saying, uh, nah, he couldn't do that because in issue seven, nineteen eighty three. Yeah, yeah. Not not encumbered by the weight of the of the um, uh, canon that by the way, it's isn't it funny how as adults now when we read comics, we're like, Oh, every like twenty years they have to literally just wipe out the canon right. with some with some yeah. massive universe changing event because there's just too much canon on everybody's shoulders that they can't yeah. write anymore. So yeah. so yeah, so the idea that oh yeah, they found this character that that they can they can write whatever they want and and it was interesting. I think what is what I really like about character is like I think one of the things that makes Spider Man one of the more popular characters in the Marvel universe is the vulnerability, right? Yes. That he's not he's not Superman. He has just enough superpowers to 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 get the job done yeah but not you know i mean he's like just enough to handle himself but like in terms of his superpowers and most of the time he has to rely on kind of ingenious thinking or problem solving and i think shang chi is the same in the sense that like he's not this all-powerful right like all-powerful um invulnerable um omni uh omnipotent uh can fly around and yeah. you know whatever he's just he's essentially just a regular dude with some with some good training and and and, and some so, baggage too like he has a little yeah. bit of baggage like you know he's made some mistakes like the relationship yeah. with the sister is nicely complicated you know mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. all the characters have really good arcs actually like but w- mm-hmm. when when you get to the end of the film you understand how each character has ended up in each spot and i think mm-hmm. that's a uh, pretty extraordinary storytelling I, I have to tell you my one moment of disappointment and, and that is that you did not get a fight scene and i reckon <laughs> if if the producer had seen how dogged you are at defense on the basketball court i reckon they would have written one in like is that yeah, uh, was, uh, did you push for one did you push for a moment of dude, i wasn't down? pushing for anything i was like thank you so much for having me here i'll do whatever you guys want and uh, yeah. I'll, I'll i'll dye my hair orange uh, <laughs> it's so yeah, good but- your entrance is great <laughs> Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah, and and um and it was interesting because we actually stopped during the pandemic. Like we shut down production yeah. during the pandemic, which was actually kind of uh, like scary for many reasons. I mean, health and safety first of all. But then yeah. you're like, oh, are we ever gonna be able to come back? You know, are we ever gonna are we ever gonna make movies again? And then I think this project was actually one of the first ones where we or Marvel figured out how to restart it. You know, in Australia safely and and in that time the time down i think i mean i i was i met with the director you know um every week and we would just 
talk very generally and then we talk about character stuff so it like you know as small as my character was like who cares about the backstory but we would like figure out backstories yeah. for the character so like i i guess what i'm trying to say is that like i think the pause actually creatively like helped everything i think i mean obviously more time on any creative endeavor always helps right when when you yeah. when used correctly um so um i i think yeah the the time spent in between um we were able to figure out like uh um and then when when i told the director that like i do martial arts plus he was like oh I wish you got that sooner. Well, I think you uh, do do a good job of giving uh, John John some backstory because I like I've got a like if you want to and you don't have to sign up for this, but I have an idea for a TV series for John John where he is running all sorts of shady businesses because he is he's he's tricky he's cocky yeah. he yeah. i reckon he's got a finger over here he's got something over there he's got yeah. three things on the move over there yeah. he's got it all yeah. spinning at once and he's yeah. cocksure and he's pretty yeah. funny and he's on the run and i would love to see john john mm-hmm trying to run his seven shady businesses with all these nah. different characters <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, that's my john john sure. series for you <laughs> yeah yeah shady shady for sure yeah <laughs> even the flipping the bird at one point when he's running oh, off yeah, yeah. i was like yeah, 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 yeah. was that was that also written on the script or was that was there yeah. angles that you introduced that you wanted to play yeah i think we all um so far been very lucky in that the projects i've done um, the directors really trust us to go for it. Yeah. Um, and um, they they hired a bunch of comics um, in Crazy Rich Asians. It was a bunch of comics, you know, it was literally stand-up comics, not just yeah. comics, but like, you know, Nico Santos, Jimmy O'Yang, me, uh, Aquafina, uh, not to mention everybody else with, with Funny Bones. But when they hired, it was like, just go for it. Like we, yeah. we hired you here, we might as well use your skill set. And that's that's a testament to the producers and the director. Right. Like like believing in us and recognizing what we could bring to the table. And also, yeah, just giving us free reign. So a lot of the times we would um you know, you know, me and Simu and Nora, uh so Aquafina, we would just whatever, just we would just go for it, you know, and yeah. and um uh nine times out of ten we wouldn't use it. And then yeah. <laughs> One time, you know, one time, all you need is one, right? And then, yeah. if, 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 and, and giving the director the options, right? And so, so to answer your question, uh, it wasn't a lot of stuff wasn't written on the page. And then, I would, like I said, we had a whole pandemic <laughs> yeah. to think about what we could add to the script. And so, I just went like it took me five months to think of giving giving the finger, which is such a <laughs> like what a what an original idea that was. And then. Um, uh, on the day you try a different, a few different types, right? And then you, the directors, oh yeah, I like that. And, but yeah. again, uh, back to my very first point, you don't know what's going to happen in the edit, and then right. they just use whatever they want to use. So it was, uh, I was, I was curious myself. I was like, I wonder which one they're going to use for this one, or even if they are going to cut because a lot of scenes got cut too. You know, there's yeah. a lot of scenes where me and um, me and other people were having interactions, and that stuff got cut, and um, and it, yeah. So it's interesting from my perspective what they use and what they don't use. That that whole uh, scene uh, reminded me of uh, like when I was a kid and I first saw the uh, the original Star Wars, and they go into the cantina, and you're like, "Geez, what's going on in this shady place?" And this, you yeah. know, th- all of that area was beautifully realized, even down to the cage match fight. You know, with yeah, Wong. the costumes. 
yeah, yeah. The costumes and the and the I mean special effects obviously but also the production design right it's just look, yeah. it look it look really it look really cool and um yeah. uh uh they use a lot of different colors and yeah. they physical sets I mean that all stuff was real that was a whole real set I mean yeah. uh, I don't give away what you know what's in there but the 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 physical space was real they built right. that cage they built the 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 smaller cages everything was like that was a physical set the whole way and we used it yeah you know, we were like people were like hammering against it like yeah. yeah we just yeah people in costume so um uh yeah the physical set was pretty amazing i guess that's again going back to marvel you know having the resources to pull stuff off you know yeah. this whole set which um you walk in and you're like how can anyone ever afford this but they, right they it's did. because they're marvel <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah. good what and, are you gonna say and, and oh no and also Right next to the comedy store in Sydney. Right. So, yeah, it was at the Fox Studios at the and yes. right next to the comedy store. So it, it's so weird. Your know, life is life is weird, man. It goes full circle, like that. Like you're suddenly next thing you know, you're uh, next to the comedy store, our old stomping grounds. Yeah. Before Mary Renee, and then you're just making a Marvel movie right next door. You know, it's so, insane to think that you've you know you, your career's taken you two hundred meters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's great no for real yeah yeah just that 200 meters and it's a marvel movie <laughs> yeah. yeah when 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 were you booked how, like how early were you uh cast in the film before it came out um i i wasn't wasn't that early i think i think they right. um uh they were definitely still finalizing the script and they're figuring out figuring out characters yeah. so um uh i i don't know how much i can talk about it but i actually auditioned for um, uh, another character that didn't even make the story. Right. So right. then it became this, you know, this character, a completely different character. So, um, you know, a lot of that, like putting my show business hat on, a lot of that is, you know, drafts change. Yeah. Right. You can, you can yeah. only imagine how much drafts can, uh, well, you don't have to imagine, like we know, like drafts change. And then yeah. um, our characters get written out or combined or scenes change. And then also, um, some of it is just they want to see you see what you can do with any character and then they're like oh we like we like him let's find something else for him or her right yeah. so 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 um i wouldn't say i was that early on I, it was definitely after the script was um uh significantly you know uh, after uh quite a final version of the draft i would say right right and talk about some heavy hitters in it as well like this movie oh, yeah. like like tony long michelle yo ben kingsley it's like these are these aren't just stars these are oh yeah, yeah. super superstars and I, I feel like the acting comes through like you know there's the moment where uh shang chi's dad meets his mum for the first time and it's a it's a beautifully choreographed fight scene but as you're watching it you don't know it at the time but as you're watching it you're like holy shit they're falling in love and you can see it uh, all in all yeah, in their yeah. movements but in the way they're acting all the way through it yeah. and it's yeah. god it's a masterclass, yeah. isn't it yeah i mean also yuan Hua is in it there's, there's a lot of people yeah. the people people flew all the way to australia and quarantine for two weeks just to just to right you know just to be part of it you know yuan Hua is a hong kong all the Michelle Yeoh and uh, Tony Long, Hong Kong legends. Yuan Hua yeah. is a Hong Kong movie. Like he's in Kung Fu Hustle. Oh he's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That, you know he's in it. You know that was yeah. a surprise. I mean Ben Kingsley. Is in it. Yeah, um, even the guy uh, from yeah. Creed Two, Florian. Uh, the oh big... yeah, Florian, who's a great guy yeah. by the way. He, he and I is he well, great? Yeah. Oh, he's such a cool guy. Like, like he actually is also a 
he was like a amateur boxer with a significant yep. number of fights. And right. he was going to go pro and then he got Creed 2. And yep. he was, where in the world are you going to find someone who is that big, that that looks that muscular and also is actually a boxer, but also yep. is an actor? Because he, he wasn't just a boxer. He was actually also acting at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so they, they the casting was like, it's literally down to... There's like three people on the planet who could do this, you know, and and um, and he was uh, terrifying yeah, so, in Creed too, because I love Michael yeah. B. Jordan. I've loved him yeah, yeah. since he was in The Wire, yeah. and yeah. you know, I know it's only a movie, but when you're in the context of the film, you're oh. like, well, he's in trouble because that guy yeah, is yeah. massive. <laughs> yeah, and he's nuts. Yeah, but yeah, sweetest guy in real life, the nicest guy. Yeah. And uh, to your point, all these legends in the movie, which was which is huge, and also you're speaking about the choreography. I yeah. mean, that's also another legend, Brad Allen, Melbourne boy, right? Brad, Brad Allen, who passed away. Yes. Oh, yes. He, he, it was dedicated to him. Yes. Yeah. The fight. Yeah. The fight. Uh, action um, director, Brad Allen. Who? What a what a cool story, you know. So this is a yeah. Melbourne boy who watched Jackie Chan movies and um, fell in love with the idea of martial arts, specifically in movies. So he watched Jackie Chan Hong Kong movies, white Melbourne guy, and yeah. he was like, you know, I want to do that. So he goes to China to to learn and train in um, Usu and all these other different martial arts, and uh, specifically for um, uh, to get into movies for stunt, yeah, for stunt right. work. And then so he 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 trains for years, learns Chinese. I can't remember how long he trained for. It must have been at least 10 years or so. And right. then he's in. he goes back to Melbourne one day or he gets hired on the set of um, uh, nice, Mr. Nice Guy. Jackie Chan is shooting yep. in Melbourne, Australia. Yep. And um, and the, the story goes, you know, Jackie, Jackie not happy with the stunt guys on the set. And then Brad Allen is like, hey, I can – in Chinese, Brad Allen goes like, hey, I can – I, I can I think I can do what you're asking me to do and then he does it and Jackie Chan's like blown away like right you're amazing you can speak Chinese you're in yep. and Jackie Chan Jackie Chan like like handpicked you know and mentored Brad Allen who who went on to become like you can see him in um uh, this other movie fight scene he does it's a legendary fight scene he does with Jackie where he does so many kicks he does so many he jumps and does so many kicks that it looks like it's wild. Oh, work. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I've but seen that not, one. Yeah. So everyone, if you're listening to this and you get nothing out, out, out of me talking, <laughs> go Google Brad Allen's, you know, Google Brad Allen's uh, highlight reel. It's, it's yeah. unbelievable. And it's what an inspiring story. And what's even more inspiring by that uh, is that he, Brad Allen, actually mentored other people. So he yes. would find, so my friend Young, He's a Canadian um, Chinese guy who was brought on to Shang-Chi. He also worked on um, uh, uh, Kingsman and right. um, brought on uh, uh, Chris Owen, you know, this African-American guy. So Brad Allen would find these guys and do for them what Jackie did for him. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and, and bring on this next generation. And, and, and the, the, how inspiring Brad Allen is – uh, was is only matched by the tragedy of his passing because right. because Brad Allen is the link between old school Hong Kong and the modern cinema. Right, you know, and, right. and we we lost we lost that link forever because the guys who who were uh, Brad Allen's seniors who taught him they are not 
they're 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 not as active anymore because they're just older, you know, and they're still around, but they're not as active. So Brett Allen was the the one who had the perfect mixture of experience, skill, and uh, youth. You know, I mean, he wasn't a young guy, but he was relatively young, and he was yeah. mentoring other people. Yeah, his passing is a real tragedy, and all the uh, uh, all the martial artwork you see in in uh, Shang Chi is, you know, it's just it, it's it's a glimpse of someone who has who's at the peak of action designing, you know, right. he's like, he, he knows, he sees the matrix, he sees how to do it. You know, and, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a real, it's a real, it's such a shame, you know, it's such a shame. Melbourne boy it- as well. Yeah, it's so important to, you know, as you get older, uh, my theory is that as you get older, you've got to teach young people and show them how to make things. And you've got to let young people show you where the world is at. So you evolve Mm. along with them. And uh, having that link broken is, um, you know, not just a tragedy for the passing of the man, but uh, for that uh, channel of of intellect and, and history as well. And that art form, yeah, that whole, you know, and it's really, they, they really pioneered a new, well, well, I mean, they took what, they learned their lessons from the Jackie Chan stunt team and they were kind of like, they invented this idea of action directing, you know, yeah. in, in, in Western cinema, the idea that you would get someone in just to, not just a fight choreographer, but like design, not just the fight, but the camera angles to film it. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, so it like, it, like like really come up with the entire concept of how to shoot this fight scene you know and it, yeah it's it's a real shame yeah it's a real I, shame. I, I i'm looking forward to seeing how they uh incorporate uh this movie into the you know whatever they're doing next with phase four i, I i'm starting mm-hmm. to have a theory on where they're going after seeing black widow and seeing where eternals looks like it might be going and uh you know, mm-hmm. you, it's funny, isn't it? You see these movies now, you enjoy it, and you go, I want to see a sequel. But I, w- I also want to see how they're going to interact with other people now. I want to see what mm-hmm. the new dynamic is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's 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 a hard thing to talk about with you because it's like, I, I don't know what you know. I know Marvel is uh, really whew, secretive, first right? First of all, yeah, I don't know anything. And also, yeah. I'm, I'm more scared of Marvel security than the government. So yeah. those guys were like yeah. on us every day. Like Marvel security is no joke. The sweetest, yeah. the sweetest people. But man, they were like, yeah, they were they were on it. Marvel's on it uh, in terms of security. But also, I, I what I really get out of this whole Phase Four thing is like, like again, like it's why Marvel is such a great company to work for. Not just, not just they have a track record and they're great to work with creatively and they have the resources and the the will to yep. take risks and do stuff, but like they they move on. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, we need we need to tell the next story. We've done that. Yep. We need to tell the next story. You know, you know, in the hands of lesser minds, it would be Iron Man eight. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we would be seeing that again. But they know, they know like it's the Seinfeld thing, right? Leave people yeah. wanting more. Yeah. Let them want. Let them want more, and then we'll we move on to the next thing, you know. And it's 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 very stand up comedy, you know. We yeah. don't like to, you know, as, as stand up comics, you don't like to beat it to death, right? Yeah. We're like rub them, and then well, <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Bit, and then we'll, yeah, yeah bit, well, we're not gonna <laughs> break down the bit. We're not gonna turn the bit into a sketch. It's like yeah. bit. You like that bit? Okay, watch that bit again, maybe. <laughs> but we are, you know, we're like on to the bits. next thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we're on to the, the 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 best bit is always ahead, right? The best yeah. bit, your, your, that's the that's our Daniel Towns 
saying Sydney's yeah. own Daniel Towns told me your best joke is ahead of you, you know, yeah. and, and and I think that's why I really uh, uh, appreciate with working with Marvel as well is that for them, yeah, the best the best stories are ahead of them. You know, they don't they don't milk it to to death. You know, they go yeah. like, let's go, let's go to the next one. Um, I've got two more questions I want to ask you. I don't want to hold you for too long because I I, no, I checked I, ch- I checked the New York time and went oh that's late. So uh, you know, uh, but uh, I'm curious uh, with your stand up. Uh, what what do you think's been the most interesting skill that you've developed since you've been in America? Is there anything that kind of stands out? Oh, Has there been question. something that you've learned and? that you apply? Yeah. Or? Um, I think, I think if I do say so myself, I, I think I've gotten better at stuff, uh, in general, I think, um, uh, man, it's so hard to put into words. Um, yeah. I think, I think that like when I moved to America, it, I was, I was exactly 30 years old right. and I could feel, I could feel myself like, uh, I could feel myself doing, I was 30 years old and I was kind of maturing as a person, but also as a comic. And I had that, I'm not sure if you had this moment, I'm sure you did, but like that thing where you're like, you're 30 years old and you feel like you're already turning into a different person, but you're still doing 25 year old bits. Right. Right. Yep. Right. So your, you know, your, your, your self-expression in, in, in our case, uh, the stand up comedy wasn't matching where we were going yeah. as people and creatively. And so I definitely felt that when I was 30 of like, you know, I need to, if, if I can push through this, I'll come out the other side, like a better comic, but you know, it's, it's the, it's the black tunnel, right? Like, no, you right. know how, you don't know when you're going to push through it, if you'll push through it. So I think that's a lot of what I was experiencing in America was um, I was lucky to move right at that time when I think I really needed to yeah. get better or, or I had the opportunity to kind of really develop and, and, you know, New York city had so much stage time and, and um, you, I was able to kind of jump on and, and, and really try to figure it out and get my voice uh, or, or hopefully find a voice or find how to do things, you know? So I think, I think that's, if anything, that's kind of the thing that stands out the most. I mean, I'm sure there's technical aspects I've gotten better at uh, and, and we can always get better, right? Like I'm, yeah. I'm still, yeah, when I watch myself, I'm always like, oh, I go, oh, we just see the mistakes. <laughs> like, oh, we shouldn't, yeah. like the timing on that could be better. I rush yeah. that or, you know, that's annoying or, you know, whatever. So we can always get better. But I think that would probably the, if I had to say something, it would be that, that kind of like being 30 and doing 25-year-old jokes when yeah. you should be doing 30-year-old or older jokes, you know. So I think that was probably what, yeah. Just, it's so exciting, isn't it? Because you, oh, yeah. you, you never realize quite when you've improved. Like I reckon you improve and then it's at some point a little bit after that where you're in the middle of doing a gig and you're like, I think I might be, I think I might be better. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Like you, you definitely go like I'm better than I was before, but uh, I think we also, you know, uh, like I, I like to think the the great stand-ups like yourself and all that, like, like, you, I, no one really rests on their laurels. They just right. keep, they keep, they keep iterating. Yeah. Right. So it's almost like, yeah, of course I'm better than I was when I started. God damn. Yeah. If I wasn't, then <laughs> what, you know, what a waste of everyone's time. But, um, yeah. but you also, you also like, oh yeah, I just need to get better. I just need to, you know, I don't know that, I don't know if that feeling ever stops, you know, I don't have enough perspective on a, 
on a career. I've only been doing it like 12 years. So right. just in that 12 years, I'm just like, oh yeah, that <laughs> like, I think I've gotten a little bit better from there. Like undoubtedly, I mean, we can all, we can always all get, we can still get better. I'm just saying like in that 12 year span, it's like, oh yeah. from And sometimes, sometimes you go watch um, not just your earlier bits, which is obviously cringeworthy I see yourself yeah. as a younger comic but you you go back to older ideas and I don't know if you've ever done this where you're like there's old ideas that maybe you never published right publicly yeah and you're like oh there's something funny there but I'm I'm a I'm a little bit better at finding how to yes. do this better now you know stuff like that yeah. happens you know to me a little bit you know yeah, yeah. I like uh, going back and finding an old thing and the, structurally it's good but you're just better so you can yeah. kind of rework it I, i'm always yeah. I, I can't cope with the last five years but before that i'm always nicer so when i was younger i was like oh my comedy at 25 is so embarrassing then i got to 35 and i was like oh that stuff at 25 is so cute look at him trying to work yeah. things out 30 though oh <laughs> you know so it's oh, always yeah. kind oh, of yeah, in five increments yeah, yeah. yeah. So, i was i was trying to explain to uh alexi i'd only met you uh briefly at a couple of gigs as as a young man but the uh the moment where i we first kind of met i don't know if you remember <laughs> was you gave me one of Genuinely, one of the biggest laughing fits I ever had at the Melbourne Comedy Festival when you made your sudden appearance in the incident, uh, and and I had no idea that you had been out the back of that room for yeah. half an hour, how long, and when you just walked out and announced, "Hello, I am Ronnie Jang," and then you just yeah. walked out of the room, the idea oh, that you me. had committed to sitting out there for half an hour was genuinely a gobsmacking moment i saw that show three times i loved yeah, it so much I, dude uh, yeah and what a cool you know my wife still talks about it <laughs> yeah great that was like what a what a like introduction <laughs> to that world you know um i think i don't know what it's like for white australians but as like a international student in australia yeah like that was such a separate world you know that performing yeah. arts world that that live performing world, not to mention the Melbourne Comedy Festival, you know, it's such a different planet to what yeah. I was doing in Australia. Like, I, I, I don't know because I, I don't have any other perspective other than my own. So I don't know whether a uh, uh, white Australian person of my age in my university would have felt the same way. Uh, but for me, it was like, this is such a different world. Like, live performing, it's not about money. It was just a yeah. cool thing to do. You know, these two experienced performers ask you to do it, sincerely asking as well. They want, yeah. like, condescendingly, like, come and do this stupid, you know, idea. It's like, hey, we would really love it if you did it, you know, and they were super welcoming to me. And that whole thing was uh, crazy. And, and, um, uh, it was. It kind of started my relationship and love affair with um, not just live performing, but with the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Yeah, you know that whole thing became like a. It was like, oh, this this is a what a cool family. And then and then you 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 know with the comedy festival, it's like it's amazing. And then you're like, oh, this is what it is. And then you're like, oh, this is what it is. It's actually amazing. You <laughs> yeah. know, like it, it's just yeah, yeah. Like like you just need a bit of perspective on it right like yeah you, you never know yeah and uh, anyway but yeah no thanks it's good that you know you're uh, uh thanks for reminding me about it oh man it was so good and uh but what i've always liked is the uh there's always been a, a real work ethic with you and and i think it's a, it's a similar thing to what i've always thought which is 
the only thing you can control is self-improvement. That's the only thing you can control. Everything else is a little bit, you know, you could be yeah. undone by a time slot. You could be undone by, <laughs> you know, you, all sorts time of slot. things. Oh, man. You know, you oh, could be 100%. undone by someone at, in the 7 p.m. show who is consistently going over. So your 9.45 show is constantly starting oh, at 10.30, right. you know, all that kind of right, stuff. Right, right. But, uh, right. you know, watching watching your rapid improvement was, it was quite overwhelming it was so good i remember you know we did the comedy zone and then it felt like i blinked and i'm sitting in the town hall watching you uh, just dominate uh, and it was it was intoxicating it was really it uh, was really great no thanks so much i'm, I'm very lucky that uh, i i had people who gave me opportunities you know the Melbourne comedy festival really gave me opportunities you gave me opportunities everyone i ever met in comedy honestly there's like i could less than there's maybe one or two people who are like less than friendly but every other person i ever met in australian comedy was the best the most encouraging supportive you know um uh, yeah like gave advice uh and nothing like just encouraging to me and and i'm lucky that they gave me the chances i did and i every time someone gave me a chance i was always like i always tried to make the most of it right just to not let them down and not to be like, oh, he got the chance because he's this Asian guy. And so, right. you know what I mean? Like you get it and then you it, you just suck. And then it's like, oh, you know, then then it, it hurts all Asian people. And also it, right. it, it makes you look like an asshole because it's like, oh, you only got it because you're Asian. So every time someone gave me a chance, I was like, I got to over deliver. I have to over deliver. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, Australia, everyone was always super cool, you know? Um, yeah, the, 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 the fact that, um uh people were i always felt in australia people were always very um encouraging and people were like they might be i always said like people always felt like at 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 worst envious but not jealous right it it was always like oh man i that's cool I yeah. wish I could do something like that. It was, I, it, I never felt any, like anyone who was like, that's cool. I wish I got that instead of that guy. You know, like it, generally speaking, I think, I think it was very, I don't know. I just always, it was very positive in Australia. I mean, I'm also lucky. Like I, I realized I had a very charmed, uh, <laughs> I had a very charmed like time in Australian comedy. Right. Like, like, again, people would give me chances and, and everyone was very nice. And also, you know, we're all unique, but but because I was one of the only Asian voices, it's very hard to for someone to replace me. It was like if you yeah. needed an Asian person, it was just it was just me. So I, I realized I have a very you know um, uh, charm perspective on it. But yeah, I never. Uh, but you worked hard as well. Like you you had opportunities and you and you worked hard. And also you know uh, do not underestimate uh, how impeccable your manners are. Like it's like your parents uh, must be wrapped. Your manners are so good to the extent that now like sometimes <laughs> you post something on Instagram and uh, like we there. There'll be something like I'll take a screenshot of it and I will just send it to like Will or Limo, just going, "Fuck, Ronnie's working in uh, with the Rock," like you know, and it's 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 a real joy. There's no uh, sense of uh, anything uh, other than "Fuck, nice one, Ronnie." It's awesome. Uh, no, yeah, because they're cool, and you know, and, and you know what it is. It's like, like no one can. Like we 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 can't. Alan Havy at the cellar put it the best. He said like with stand-up comedy like we're all in it for ourselves but we're all in it together yes and it's like you can't 
you can't. No matter how good you are, you we need. You're going to work with other people at some yeah. point. Even in this solo sport of stand-up comedy, you're going to work with other people. You know, yeah. like you. How can you not be nice to your colleagues? Like not even politically, just to get ahead, but just as a, you know, what I mean, like, yeah, yeah. like as a as a human being. Like, don't you? We're literally the only ones who can relate to this stupid nonsense. Right. Like, like how can you not? <laughs> it's it's, it's like a, it's like a baseball team, isn't it? It's like all baseball is kind of individual performances within a team concept, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'll let you go, but I've just um, so my last question for you is: so my two my two favorite moments of watching your career. Like, like I've enjoyed everything, but my two things of like going fucking Ronnie was one appearing in a Marvel movie. That was, that was a an ongoing conversation. I I loved it. I was so excited. But the the other one was seeing you sit courtside at uh, the New York uh, Knicks, and you're just sitting there uh, watching the Knicks. And you know, as an NBA fan, I was like, uh, fuck, that uh, is yeah. amazing. Uh, is, has there been anything? Is there anything that stands out to you where the, you're in the middle of it and you just look around and go? Holy shit! What is happening? No, no. I mean, I I've been pretty. Um, I don't know. I just I I've been very lucky, and there's some stuff where my like, oh man, this is super cool. But yeah. I never felt like I belong there, or like uh, now I've made it. <laughs> you know, like like yeah, like nothing. You know, what I mean, like yeah, the more I think, honestly, the I've been lucky to get a lot of wins. Right. In my creative expression, you know, I, I've had more wins that kept me going and that kind of, um, uh, um, yeah, like kept me going. But but I never felt like I never felt like it was the more the more wins I got, the only thing I realized more was that, like, it's it, the only thing that makes you happy is self-expression, you know, because yeah. you're never going to be famous enough or have enough money or 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 um or have enough connections or know yeah. enough famous people you know but it's just the self-expression that is so much fun right the self-expression yeah. is fun and and all that helps is help help you express yourself yeah uh, on on uh, more more resources to express yourself or on a on a better platform or whatever it is so I, I it, look. It's very easy for me to say that, uh, you know, because we're all making money from self-expression, right? We're able to make right. a living from it, so it's easy for us to be like, that doesn't matter. But but honestly, it's like, yeah, like it, it is self-expression, right? Because everything else is so fickle or shallow or can be taken yeah. from you or whatever. But the self-expression is much fun. So to answer your question, like, no, no, really, I think I I I've, I've been lucky to get a get a few wins and like when when you're winning i think i have a bit more perspective on it now so i've learned to enjoy the moment a bit more yeah. like 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 what i was saying earlier about like um being part of a movie that is going well like i i've been lucky to be in a few movies but but in uh specifically speaking crazy rich asians and and, yeah. and um shang chi which were both you know um very financially and culturally successful movies that were trying to do something for Asian culture. And I was a small role in both of them. So whatever, I'm not, I'm not saying this for myself. I'm just saying like being able to be a small part of them. The first time around with crazy Rich Asians, like I felt like, I felt like I was in the moment. I felt like I was like, Oh yeah, this is cool. You know, but it was my first movie. So yeah. at that time, I, I, intellectually, I, I understood that this was rare and 
you know, living the moment. And I think I did. I felt like I was living in the moment. And then three years later, um, uh, uh, doing uh, Shang-Chi, or, it was like, oh, it actually is super rare <laughs> yeah. to be part of, of uh, you know what I mean? It's hard. Yeah. Like, even if, don't, we're not even talking about money, uh, movie budget. It, like, it's rare to get a movie budget of that size. And then also for it to be that well received or for it to do well, Right, yep. culturally and and financially, it's, it's rare. And so the second, especially with the pandemic, I think the pandemic, yeah. like when it shut everything down, it really made, I don't know, it, it made me appreciate things a lot more. So this yeah. time around, it was it was very much like, oh, you, we have to appreciate the moment. We have to, you know, at the premiere, we have to like, like live in the moment and really appreciate. It's, it's rare. It's very. It's truly very rare to to be part of these big projects that um, uh, are going well. Uh, like yeah. back uh, to bring it all the way back to the very first thing we'll talk about the number of things that have to go right for something to yeah. go well you know so so i i i think i just i i have a little bit better perspective on it now you know and i i don't feel like i was jaded before but you know like being able to to self-express again was like oh yeah it's it's yeah. the best you know it's the best yeah yeah, yeah. it's great <laughs> and and how do you think yeah. the knicks are gonna go this season oh uh i'm actually a nets guy now i'm trying to get oh, are you? To, and uh, oh, next time you're in new york so please let's try to go watch a game together but oh, man. uh I, for me the the nets are um i'm trying to convert new yorkers into the into being next fan mate but, that is <laughs> like you know they're they're star-studded and but the knicks yeah. are the knicks and but the nets are man we everywhere. this is the whole podcast this is the whole podcast yeah. if we want to go into it we can but i'm just saying <laughs> look 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 at look at look in new york can we just can we just support competency yes. for once not just because they're a star loaded team but look at how they built themselves the yes. nets the the knicks haven't signed a a, a rookie to a, a beyond a rookie deal for 20 years yeah they haven't drafted a rookie which they've signed beyond a rookie contract for two decades it's crazy Those, that's that's crazy those odds yeah. are crazy you could flip a coin and you know have better odds than that so uh i'm just saying support competency in new york yeah. <laughs> support competency support both yeah support both yeah support both that's all i'm saying support both and you know patty <laughs> patty mills is there now so that's even more yeah. reason right yeah uh, yeah australian Mate, it is uh, so good to see you, and uh, I hope you don't find this patronising. But uh, like, I'm really proud of everything from the young man that I met to where you are now. It's it's super exciting, and uh, I'm loving it. I can't wait to see what you do next. Yeah, thanks, thanks. I mean, again, thanks again for all the support, and encouragement when I was coming up, um, and really good to see you again too. Yeah, I'll I'll take you up on those NBA tickets, please. Yeah. to Ronnie for being my guest this evening. I know I said it before, but it has just been so exciting watching his career and I was wrapped that he had time to join us today. Pretty cool, right? Keep an eye out for Ronnie and Shang-Chi or any of his stand-up specials or his different TV shows. Go and find him and feel good for the rest of your day. Also, a big thank you to Rachel for being our Patreon for this episode, uh, we really appreciate you uh, putting in uh, 
not only um, you know uh, signing up to the tiers, but also just putting in time to listen to this podcast and write to us. If you're enjoying the Big Squid podcast, please leave the show a top review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I don't know if they even really have... Do all those sites have places where you can rate stuff? I guess they do. But um, if you'd like to give us a top review, that would be great. The Patreon is also available if you'd like some extra big squid material in your life. I reckon uh, I'll give everyone a bit of time, but the Rove Q&A podcast, which has some great questions in it, uh, that will drop, I reckon, the 27th of October, just before a certain Gallifreyan doctor comes back to entertain us for uh, six more episodes. Anyway, remember, tomorrow's episode welcomes back Question Everything standout Alexi Toliopoulos as we give our review of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I thought today we could finish with a quote from legendary basketball coach John Wooden on speaking about success. Success is peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction in knowing you did your best to become the best you are capable of becoming. Little tongue twister there, right? Thanks for listening. Until then. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.